Hey, welcome to a new episode of the Escapist Corner. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you very much for listening. Um, it would mean the world to me if you would share this with someone or just, you know, leave a, a comment, um, give us a rating. That would mean so much. Um, it takes you about 15 seconds to do it. And that would mean the world to, to me. Um, today's guest is uh, Yoni Karako. He's uh, the co-founder of something called uh, Wanderhouse uh, Europe. And they're, it's a Berlin-based company, but they have actually locations all over uh, Europe. And uh, in this um, podcast, uh, as we're talking, we're just going through this uh, Corona crisis. Um, so if you're listening to this in the future, uh, it might be a very good, uh, you know, uh, insight in how things were back then. And uh, especially for somebody like uh, Yoni and his company and what they went through uh, during this crisis. And um, also the decisions they had to make now uh, due to the Corona crisis. Um, Yoni is a super nice guy. Uh, he has a background uh, in real estate, real passion for fitness and a real passion for <laughs> restaurants and food it's um it appears and um yeah we just have a simply a very nice uh, com uh conversation uh talking about what this will mean to us and how um, yeah also some differences and uh, between yeah cities like berlin and warsaw um his favorite places on earth uh, to go for visit and um, yeah, why he loves, uh, why he moved to Berlin and why he loves uh, Berlin so much. Um, again, if you like this, give us, uh, you know, a comment, a rating with me, the word us. Okay, enough of me jabbering. Let's get into the interview. Uh, welcome to the show, Yoni. Um, how are you doing? Thanks, thank you. I'm fine, thanks. And you? Um, I'm fine. I, I've uh, been in the forest today, uh, had a workout with a, a hefty log. Uh, so I've been uh, active today. I've been uh, working today um, and uh, a bit different um, version of uh, home office for me. Um, how, how is it so for you? How to start the day huh? yeah. with the water. Yeah. Um, uh, how are how are things for you? You've been uh, uh, have you been uh, now in Israel for? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I've been in Poland for the last in Warsaw in the last uh, few months. Uh, but I'm, mm -hmm. my base is in Berlin. Yeah. And actually, next week I'm looking forward to come back because now the restrictions has been uh, easing. Uh, yeah. My day was also started with the workout. I'm doing it at home usually. I build the bar to the ceiling. <laughs> so I can use some body weight and uh, it's a complete change from a gym or fitness center, but uh, I found it in a way also more flexible. So in order to get your workout, you don't need to do anything. Basically, you just need to start it when you're at home. You don't need to prepare, get dressed, leave your house. It's simplifying it in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, many people are discovering 
that and uh, uh, we we definitely have discovered uh, uh, or I have discovered the big difference between the people are, that are doing um, uh, uh, let's say that have been having a, some kind of active life before this happened and people that have been uh, you know not so active before uh, the corona crisis happened and they are just uh, doing nothing and uh, um, we can talk more about that later but uh, before we go into that i was uh, i was just thinking um, um, why why don't we uh, introduce you a bit more uh, to uh, to the listeners so you sure um, i can just uh, tell this the short background i we were supposed to uh, uh, record or do something beginning of this year um yeah i i reached out to you like last year uh in december or something in november maybe uh because i was um i was sitting in uh, a uh, let's say co-working space uh close to our facility at uh, bismarckstrasse in berlin and uh, this place is called uh, uh wonderhaus and yeah. uh I I got this idea that I want to because we have this podcast and we usually speak to like uh, well a bit random people but it's like fitness people uh, from all over the world but also entrepreneurs and also like uh, you know some expert in something that might be interesting for someone uh, that is uh, or I'm thinking of the listener is my is my member of my gym and i'm thinking how can i help my the members of my gym um to get more out of their life and get more insight into you know becoming a better you know better with their health or better with their fitness so i wanted to you know uh i i just started to think about how can i um who should I talk to? Uh, start talking to here next. And I was thinking, I I, I should just start here, right? Uh, just where where I'm sitting. So I was checking out, like, okay, wonder wonder house. What is that? And I I quickly did some investigation, um, and I found uh, found that you had something to do with it. And I was like, I reached out to you uh, within within five minutes, and. Uh, I was uh, lucky to uh, to have a positive uh, <laughs> um, positive answer from your from your side. But um, let's uh, let's uh, start maybe a bit more from the beginning. So Yoni, who are you? Where are you from? And um, what made you come to Berlin? Sure. So I was born in Jerusalem, in Israel, and. Die in my more mature life, many times I was out of Israel. Before my military service, I was in the U.S. for war. After it, I was doing a backpacking trip in Latin America for almost a year. And once I finished my studies in Israel, uh, I was thinking to move to the U.S. I got an interesting offer in Berlin from a, a real estate company just to join and work. And I wasn't sure about it because my experience in Berlin, I had only one week there in 2010 uh, it was nice but not but nothing that i said okay i want to live in this city i moved uh, i joined the real estate company and uh, it was nice i'm still 
involved uh, remotely, but what I'm mainly doing is the more entrepreneurial side of business. Luckily, I met a guy that today is one of my closest friends. His name is uh, Leon Landwehr. He's a German guy uh, from Hamburg, but grew up in China. Um, at the same time, I joined the company several months after he joined as well. And during our work with the company, we found that, okay, we like real estate, but uh, we don't seem to be so triggered by by the industry as it was. But we found is that there's a lot of space in the residential part, which is coming to living solutions. So we were looking on residential projects and we were thinking based on our personal struggle, Leone has a German passport, he's German, he's a native German, he's speaking German. So it was easier for him on some levels. Today I speak some German, but uh, we both didn't have the Shufa, you know, to start get familiar with the banks to call to the house of acting companies. And it, it was a really, uh, let's say a painful process in order to get a flat or to get access even to a viewing. So we were thinking what we can do to offer a better experience or completely different experience. If you're a foreigner, you move to Berlin, which we were not the only ones that uh, have done it, how we can come up and offer something that can give you the ideal process. Uh, it took us, two, three years to come up with the final name and brand. We were also taking a building here, building there. And then we came up with Wonder, which is actually driven from the, the German word Wanderlust. Uh, we took the inspiration of people that have the desire to travel and explore. And basically Wonder is a closed managed lifestyle platform that's supposed to provide you this solution. So whether you want to move from your base city to Berlin, to London, to Barcelona, to Warsaw. All you need to do by a few single steps online, and then you got your apartment. You don't need anything else by your luggage. Uh, obviously, from day one to where we are now, it was uh, it wasn't easy to bring to the product to the level where it is now. And with the Corona implications, we have some challenges. Uh, but all in all, we see that the majority of Let's say the customers in this sector, people that would like to rent an apartment, it's all changed. And thankfully to our target audience, millennials, which prefer to have much more flexibility and don't want to own things. They don't want to own, they don't want to take a loan and they don't want to be alone. So combining these three guidelines that goes together also by sound, we offer you something that you don't need to own. You don't need to deal with loans or anything to buy furniture, to invest in a kitchen, etc. And you're never alone because you're part of a community. Uh, I think what, when you mentioned that you approached me, what was interesting for me, I was always into fitness and healthy lifestyle and sports myself. I said, why not? It's, it's interesting to change a bit of uh, atmosphere. I wish I would have in some point some entrepreneurial initiative about fitness or healthy lifestyle, etc. but nothing came up to reality. But in Wonder, nevertheless, we do have it as one of our brand guidelines. So our community events or activities always contain some workshop about healthy lifestyle and conscious living, as well as yoga and other exercises led by uh, personal trainers. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw uh, it's been. Um, uh, 
and this is something that I, I think was quite uh, interesting when I just did my, uh, that I recall what I, when I was looking at it back then, I was like, because it was not super clear to me, uh, uh, to be honest, I, I was, it was a coincidence uh, that we kind of sat down in, uh, in that place uh, at that time. Um, the background, why we, uh, why we went there <laughs> is because uh, we, we simply don't have an office. Uh, and uh, the, the reason why we don't have an office is because we have expanded uh, kind of our facility so much uh, internally. So we kind of kicked ourselves out. So we have no place to sit anymore. And uh, we needed to, you know, oh, we need to have somewhere to sit and have our, our meetings. And uh, due to how we uh, have been working like operationally the last, um, because yeah, we, we bootstrapped everything and, uh, you know, had have been um, doing this, uh, you know, without any external investments. So it's, it's been, uh, we yeah we basically we we put all the money that we that we got and we put it in back into the company and that's the way we've been growing and uh, then we needed somewhere to sit and we came came by there at uh, Wonder House and I remember then um, when I was in the, uh, like researching I was like okay this this is actually there are many things that are similar what we are uh i would say that resonated with me um uh, i i mean our brand um uh, or the name uh escapist um uh, and uh to that like the affiliation with crossfit too is uh as it sounds with the name like escapist it's uh uh it's not an escape but it's like a um uh, people need to have some kind of refu refuge uh from the daily activities and uh you know being uh searched into uh uh you know a stressful life and so on and this is kind of the we have this kind of analog uh, experience very analog experience when it comes to training of course um and uh, um but again very we were always thinking okay this is something uh also that that is uh larger than just you know a fitness uh studio and uh we we were looking at names and everything and uh the name uh, bases itself from um uh one of the magazines from monocle if you know the, that magazine yeah. um they have the magazine called the escapist so we we uh uh, basically got inspired from that and uh found that to be a, a good good <laughs> good match with what, what we thought would be good and now when I, I i hear you talk about wonder um and especially this uh uh i don't know flexibility but also co community for people um that's uh, definitely something that is very strong integrated in what we're uh doing with uh, people's health is uh if you if you're lonely uh it doesn't matter how how much of a six-pack you have 
you're gonna be miserable. So you're still lonely. Yeah. Just with the six pack, we can make it a bit better, but still, <laughs> you're lonely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, so uh, so you you moved uh, you moved straight to Berlin, and the and the interesting part was that you said it took you two to three years before you put before you started with uh, Wanderer. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I started in different variation, variations, but yeah. I would say three years. I, I also learned that it's always good to have a good partner. And until I met Leon, then we, we had a really good balance yeah. of our business initiative, how to run things. And then it, when it started to get to more than 250 units that we were operating, then we said, okay. Like, it's not that we had the clear business plan and say, okay, we want to take over uh, Europe and be the biggest operator, which is for today where we stand, but it happened yeah. step by step. And yeah. the good thing, I think we, we really loyal to our experience and we always trying to think, okay, what was so bad? What was the most time consuming? What could be the things that we can improve in order to make it just easier? The ideal vision that we have, uh, we're going to launch a mobile app in the next two months, is that by five clicks, you're going to have your apartment ready. And that's it. Yeah. Similar oh, that's to awesome. an hotel room, but that's your apartment. And it, it doesn't need to be totally different. Obviously, mm -hmm. we're facing some uh, challenges with some legal uh, requirements in some jurisdictions. But all in all, it looks like that's uh, that's the future of living but not in a way that they want to reinvent it you just you taking a product that was there you taking a space and serve it serving it completely different with a service for the space mm. and it's a completely totally different experience you're just going into the apartment with your luggage and you can start your life yeah i mean um i've been in berlin for uh almost 10 years now and um i've uh i moved from from stockholm to uh, to berlin and i noted like the big the big difference between stockholm and berlin is that you have much more of let's say the these like digital nomads uh and berlin uh may also maybe a bit because of the uh let's say the startup scene that is a bit yeah. different in berlin for sure but um, something that I always had like a, uh, a theory uh, already almost 10 years ago, I said like Berlin is this place where a lot of people is coming right now, are coming right now because of the, or at least they were because of the cheap rents. And that yeah. made it pos possible for, for companies and startups to create, uh, to have, you know, offices that were not, uh, super expensive and uh and now uh, i don't know if you agree with this but my this would be my prediction is that like every, we already see that like real estate has been growing going more and more and more expensive and uh that means the startups that are now staying they need to be more profitable they have to have bigger fundings they have to be have bigger uh better offerings for the developers and uh that kind of makes you to be in the sweet spot right now where these companies are able now to pay wages that makes it possible for these um 
software de developers to maybe have a bit more of a uh, let's say uh, uh, they they can afford to have a a real apartment that is uh, already fitted like um, uh, um, and to have the services that you have in, in that sense because uh, there uh, to be honest like ten years ago many software developers they were living uh, on rugrats and. <laughs> yeah in vetting and uh, the new software developers coming in now they're like they have a bit higher standards i would say I, that's I definitely what... something but uh, i would say if you consider the new rent regulations if you consider how the market became so expensive over a relatively short period of time that no one anticipated to that level that it reached we yeah. actually facing challenges in Berlin, and I wish we could. Uh, I would say differently, but we don't see Berlin as a sustainable business location because uh, we're struggling with the regulation. Yeah, we're struggling with the prices, and so we're looking on cities like London, where we expanded from fifty units to close to a thousand, yeah. to Warsaw, where we have about five hundred units. Uh, we will never leave Berlin. It's for me and Lana, our base. But uh, we would, we wish that we will, we will still find a way to keep grow there, though the growth is quite limited. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. we cannot uh, enjoy the the sweet spot that you just mentioned because startups are going there. There, you have N twenty six that is a billion euros company. Mm. You have many other great startups that. Uh, that are growing you have tesla factory that's supposed to be nearby amazon said that they will develop their uh, offices with about four thousand employees just by on the spray so there's yeah. going to be a consistent demand with let's say wealthier companies mm. uh, but i think the company is actually going to enjoy from the regulation and then uh, their employees could have a cheaper cost of living which for the individual is great, definitely. Uh, but on, on what we're doing, we're been uh, struggling from both sides, from the regulation side, from the landlord side, because obviously we're not owning any apartment. We just yeah. rented them. So it's putting into test our, like the feasibility of Berlin as a, as a place that we can keep growing, develop the business. I, I mean, what I see, what's the problem is now, I mean, uh, if Amazon or Tesla and everyone comes in and um, Berlin is saying, hooray, yeah, look at us. We are, we are able to get these big companies now to Berlin. They're not going to Hamburg or Munich. Um, but what I'm thinking is that, you know, if you don't have great real estate available, uh, you're not going to be able to attract that many people. Like, um, the, the top players that they need to have for these businesses, I think, will be, uh, and the, yeah, the problem is that the real estate maybe that these people will be looking for uh, might not be on the market anymore because it doesn't make any sense for a real estate developer to develop any projects. That exactly because, because the return is dropping to yeah clo very close to zero. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, we have to see what happens with the regulations uh, long term. I, I've, 
I, I'm not a real estate uh, expert uh, at all. I just uh, happen to have uh, some people within the real estate realm. Uh, some of uh, some of them are members in our box, so that's good. But we also, uh, yeah, some people I, I've got to, uh, got to know over, over the time, and they some of them are a bit optimistic to say that this will probably change very quickly. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I, I hope I hope that would be the case for you. And um, I'm in the same opinion that it's probably going to be uh, declined because claims for being unconstitutional. And then uh, then it, it will be very interesting. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, I mean uh, we we will have to see what happens uh, with that. Uh, that's definitely something. Uh, where stakeholders, uh, you can't control uh, too much yourself. But um, um, how did you, uh, so how, how did this, um, um, you said you already mentioned it a bit, like uh, the Corona thing now was probably a big disruptor for you too. Um, yeah, definitely. What, what was your first, uh, or maybe we can, uh, check the timeline how what was the timeline for you guys like when you when this uh when when did you like start to understand that this is going to be a, <laughs> this is going to be uh, a thing let's say end of february beginning of march when country started to announce a lockdown and we had the members that just come and put in the keys away and say i'm leaving yeah uh, so i would say it was probably the first second second week of march we anticipated that it's going to be an issue, but we we didn't forecast that so many people are going to get stressed out and just live to their home city. And it looks like, as you mentioned before, Berlin has a lot of digital nomads, but nevertheless, it looks like the impact of the coronavirus going to have implications long term also on the simplicity that people used to travel before, just to you know move from one city to another, work remotely, come from berlin to london just for a day of meetings uh, so it might damage also our target audience but i think what it can offer on a wider spectrum is probably to educate everyone that you don't need to go to the hassle of an apartment even if it's a couple not necessarily digital nomad or millennials or young professionals mm -hmm. anyone can get used to the idea that um, it's simple it's easy obviously it's priced within your price but if you're looking at it on long term, it's equal to your initial investment that uh, can sometimes trigger a loan or asking money from your parents or getting into some financial liabilities. And instead, you're just paying a premium every month that grants you the flexibility and the full product. I think mm -hmm. that if we're looking now about trying to see what where the corona going to take us after, uh, a lot of opportunities are going to show up on the market that... Uh, for sure, we still believe that even if some people would struggle to rent apartments, landlord, we will still be able to attract our target audience due to the fact that we already have the brand existing, yeah. the experience, our service standards. We do see the occupancy rates dropping in Berlin from 100% to 80 In London, it stays stable around 90 uh, Vorso is struggling everywhere when we used to be a bit more flexible is struggling obviously because it's more what we're doing is something between residential to hospitality to hotels yeah. 
Um, so we are not as stable as the residential sector, but we are not as volatile as the hospitality and the hotels. We see some impact, obviously, and I think we're going to see it also in price drop because uh, people are going to have less money. Many people lost their jobs. Uh, yeah. Not everyone is going to enjoy salaries of a market which is on peak. This is what used to be only a few months uh, backward. Yeah. So we would need to adapt to the new environment, which we are doing on the strategy sessions, trying to see how we can propose value and still uh, stay a profitable business in times of post-corona when it's not going to be such a luxurious market anymore and people are going to have so much disposable income. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you made any, like, uh, did you have to do any, uh, I don't know, drastic... I, everyone had to do some drastic decisions, but I'm thinking, did you do any like uh, new developments that you didn't uh, have even mapped out before this happened? Or is there anything um, that you you really learned now that, uh, you know, uh, you would have learned otherwise? Uh, I would say that things can get shift really, really fast. So let's say if last year we were thinking about growth and hiring more, unfortunately, we had to release a major major proportion of our team uh, because otherwise we couldn't, we couldn't just uh, keep the company open. So it was a, a hard process, yeah, not yeah. easy at all. Uh, new developments, uh, we're taking them. In London, we took a fantastic project in, in Shoreditch that we still believe that we're going to make and we invest in all of our time and efforts and the available resources to take our liabilities because still as a company, we want to respect any contract we signed before, also after. Yeah. Uh, but it made us to a decision like a step out of cities like Barcelona because uh, it's a bit complicated with the legalization, some regulations, ideas that they have, uh, VAT issues, taxation, etc. So mm. I would say the hardest part was to release uh, some of our de- dear team because we simply didn't have the choice. Yeah, But we always led it by example, obviously. And when it means to cut down cost, it means to cut down everyone, including founders, CEOs, management level. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, um. Yeah, I, I see this uh, in like uh, I get some insight in, in different industries, of course, uh, uh, like everyone from family, from friends, and uh, you see what happens in different countries. And I think the uh, one good thing uh, with the, this business that we are in, like the, uh, the micro gym business, is that uh, I get the insight from hundreds of other uh, owners, uh, business owners uh, all over the world. So we kind of seen the process, what's happened, you know, in China uh, already months before it happened here. Uh, and we, we could see, uh, we can see what happens in the States now and uh, <laughs> compare that kind of with, with the data that is happening here, what is working and what is not. And uh, um, I, I guess for us, uh, the big uh, a big lesson that we had now is that uh, 
if you look at the franchise gyms, the big ones in Germany, uh, MacFit, Superfit, uh, Fitness First, and all these guys, these guys are bleeding like you know. Uh, I I I don't I don't want to imagine uh, to how it is for to be in their shoes right now. Um, and then uh, I can see it from our perspective, like the the micro business, we uh, we we were thankfully uh, enough agile, so we could we're small we're a small team, so we can quickly just re reassemble and invent ourselves into doing something new. Yeah, it's definitely in times of crisis. Uh, being on the conservative side of business is uh, is more beneficial, let's say. And all the like, you have one location in Berlin. Yeah, we have one one location in Berlin, um, and it's a pretty small one. But uh, basically, we had what the regulations uh, said, and they already uh, say it still is like we we are not allowed to open. And they they haven't given us a date, so we have nothing to go for. Uh, but um, what we did when they came out, like in mid March, they said like you have to close. Uh, we we were able to say uh, within one day we launched an online uh, online uh, personal training uh, uh, service. So. All our members, they are doing uh, personal training now uh, with uh, our coaches. Um, That's great. Yeah, so that made us able to, you know, keep our our members and keep them training because most of people now, they've been sitting inside at home. And uh, this is where the insight comes from. Our perspective is that the members we have now, they are they're probably training more than they did before uh, because they have an individual plan that we are like, you know, uh, everyone is working on exactly what they want to work on. So if, if somebody who is really wants to have the six pack, he's working on the, the six pack now. Yeah. Laser focused on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they spend more and more time now and they have more time because they don't have to travel anywhere. They don't have to travel to the gym. Uh, just like you said, uh, uh, like the flexibility starts to become uh, that can sometimes be hard. But now you know you have a coach that is kind of keeping you accountable. So you you're going to do your training every day, and then um, uh, I see the opposite is like uh, we speak spoken to people that um, haven't been uh, members of our gyms, but like you know friends relatives and so on and and they are they you ask them like hey can you can you just check on your uh you know your apple watch uh how many steps did you do today and it's like i did three 300 steps in one day it's it's uh and that's super sad because uh, uh the the world where we come from is this um we want to make people healthy so that's our main target like make people healthy and fit um and this is uh now when we look at the corona crisis we have the 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 biggest evidence now that most people that are you know suffering from corona now they are people that were unhealthy and unfit so um we uh yeah 
I, I don't know, it's kind of strengthen our our uh, mission here to try to make more people um, more people healthier now and more people uh, fit. So we've been, you know, pushing it very hard now to <laughs> to reach out to people and. Um, yeah, that's, you know. that's something I was always interested about, and actually, from my personal experience, yeah, I was always uh, very active, exercising every day almost. But the corona got me. First, I said, "Okay, I'm not gonna go down with the corona. I'm gonna drill a, a bar and just do, but uh, like chin ups, body weight." Uh, but then after two weeks found myself like it was really volatile. Two weeks I used to be really keeping nutrition, working out, then two weeks ordering pizza three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Struggling. And uh, I think I never struggled so much in my life to keep uh, my routine. Yeah. That's for, for my personal experience, it was very interesting. But uh, I made the comeback again this uh, Monday. And I <laughs> hope it's going to be. It's going to be like the last comeback. I won't need to come back again. Sometimes it's good to have a break, but with the corona, it was too radical. Yeah. Uh, I, I can send your program so you, you can keep keep that going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be great. Where, 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 where did you get, uh, where did you like get your uh, first uh, uh, insight into uh, fitness or like when did you get that bite? Was it oh, like that's... in the military or before? No, that's a journey to the past. When I was eight, I used I signed up for judo in Israel. When I was twelve, I was already uh, the region championship uh, for Central Israel. Okay. For a higher uh, body weight category, but then I had to quit because when I was uh, a baby, I had some head surgeries, and in one of our trainings, I was knocked down uh, too hard, and then my parents got stressed. I still believe I could have a bright future because I used to love to do it and I used to be uh, apparently pretty good back then. Yeah. But then I had to shift it. I was uh, playing basketball for a few years in a Yao team. Then I used to have quite of a nice time in us. So I used to be in our athlete team of the high school for a long distance uh, competitions from five kilometers and on. Military, obviously, but that's uh, another... It's another class yeah. of uh, routines. And uh, I like to treat it more since 23. I'm keeping it in the gym, but I have my own way because I don't like the stereotypes of a gym. Okay, you go to the gym, so people have really defined uh, perception. So I'm using a lot of body weights or, yeah. let's say, interactive exercises without, uh, without resting and on the nutrition. I think that that's one of the most important parts. Like what you do with your nutrition can have a huge impact. Yeah, no, uh, most of I, the impact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we always say that nutrition is the base of of your health. So, uh, uh, and yeah, to paraphrase, it, nutrition is the medicine, right? So, yeah. Um, but uh, um, you were saying you. Um, I, I, I just from doing some small research and so on, I, I, I count came to uh, make a conclusion that it looks like you like to travel, uh, and uh, yes, uh, I think that's one of the most uh, <laughs> valuable things in life, rather than materialistic uh, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, and 
And you also, uh, did you have any like background in hospitality before the Wunderhaus or? Uh, the Wunder Clubhouse, it's kind of a sub, it's a kind of a side effect with, uh, of, of Wunder because it's in Bismarckstrasse where you sit in, we, we rent in about 88 units yeah. for our community members. And we manage also to lease the space from the landlord and create kind of a multifunctional space that could be for everyone, for our members, for events. It's also a cafe, a place that you can uh, consume relevant content. Before that, in Israel, I used to be in uh, restaurants, which is not necessarily 100% hospitality, but it's also on the verge of this sector. So... The, the customer experience is really important for me. The, the customer service, the customer journey, obviously. You can take many things. You know, you can sit in a restaurant and you have a waiter just bringing you the food, taking the order, and just like delivery to your table, or you can have someone that creates the experience, but it needs most of it laid down on the human capital, obviously, on the people, yeah. but uh, many other things behind it. I think that's uh, super interesting. I'm always looking at what can we learn from other industries. And I've been, uh, I mean, I, I've been in the hospitality. I, I haven't worked in the hospitality industry, but I've been, uh, you know, in that uh, realm of uh, service and so on. So I, I've seen how much uh, effort people look uh, at uh, many of these hospitality companies they are putting in. Uh, to make the you know it's not like I, i'm i'm super it gets me super humbled to see how much people you have to reach to get your you know hotels booked fully booked and um and getting to know like these uh uh hotel owners that have you so you know some kind of dream of opening up this uh boutique hotel somewhere and they uh, there's no guarantee that anyone will book a room there. So um, I'm I'm always looking at like what can you learn from different industries and uh, looking at like restaurants. Um, it's even more of this. Uh, there's no guarantee that somebody will come back ever again. Yeah. And uh, how can you make that happen uh, over and over? So you have like your, you know your regulars and uh how how do you reach out outside your you know uh i'm looking at restaurants that might be on the you know uh just close to main street and they they go belly up in like one year because nobody's visiting that restaurant but then on the other side you have a restaurant that is remote is in the industry area uh, you have to travel by car or somewhere, but they have like some special idea of the restaurant that they're doing. Like the, it, it might like be, uh, uh, you know, it's the concept and everything around. So people are actually traveling to get there because it's a, such a great experience. It's a location already becoming because yeah. there are so many examples. There are some people that, as you said, they're on the right location and saying the right need. Some people doing everything right but they are in the wrong location yeah. but i think everything is related at the end to a bit of research not too not too deep but uh, to understand the area to understand if there's a need if the 
product that you want to sell and the price level is achievable in this area or if the people you want to attract would travel to this area for what you want to offer them. Yeah. So in restaurants, it, it's also a very interesting world. For me, always I was more... Single restaurants are great and amazing. You can do great stuff. But for me, there was always a dream to have the McDonald's of the healthy food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, fast food chain, not on the connotation of a junk food, but healthy and fresh and honest and real uh, in achievable prices. Obviously, if you pay more, you need to charge more, but not in a way that makes it, I would say, 10 times more expensive than uh, a Big Mac. But something that could be still can revolutionize the healthy eating and all this industry and also to make it tasty because many people when you tell you need to eat healthy say okay it's not tasty it's boring and that it could be affordable because many people say okay it's pricey to find a way to answer it because once you're going to meet these criteria when it's tasty when it's affordable when you educate enough and create a nice experience much more people are going to go to it. And I see in Berlin, also in the States, many places that claim to be healthy and people are raving about it. But yeah. in the bottom line, they are not healthy. It's just a trick yeah. or two that makes it look healthy. So yeah. I think there's a long way and a lot of opportunities in this sector, but no one yet decided to take them all the way, let's say. I, I think this, this is, again, a bit of the perception uh, and to understand how the food industry developed, I think. So uh, many people have no idea of, uh, as, like, first of all, most people have no idea about uh, uh, what is healthy to start with. They have uh, very, they simply don't know much about, um, uh, unfortunately, like, and I don't blame them because uh, I, I I was in the same boat. I, 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 you know, I was playing ice hockey in a, fairly high up in uh in, in sports and uh we also talked about what well, like slightly a bit about nutrition but not much at all and it was just like these basic jargons uh but not based by any research and uh um now it was before the the info was free and accessible and then you was fed mm-hmm. by the media or by whoever yeah. wants to sell something yeah and uh, again like the the food industry um the thing is that there's no there's no like evil mind behind this but it's the food industry developed like hey we can make this much more uh cheap cheaper right we can industrialize food uh it becomes cheaper that makes you have more money in your your bank accounts because you don't spend as much money on food um and uh obviously uh it's more you know and not I, i'm not talking about mcdonald's now but just like ready food prep food basic products yeah like everything is uh simply so easy to get and it's so cheap that it makes um now to start to look at uh, wait a minute like the healthy products that you need to eat are actually uh they are more expensive food should maybe be more expensive uh, and it might be just totally okay that you have to have a bigger cut of your budget to actually have a healthier uh, food um, and um, 
the problem is just uh um i would say the there's this uh evolutionary um problem or paradox that we are facing right now that um our, our the human body and biology and physiology everything is when we were like hunters and gatherers everything we did at that moment uh was like instant gratification was good meaning if you found some berries in the summer as a hunter it was really good to eat those sweet berries and uh you know maybe you gained uh one or two kilos in the summer months and then you had you know some extra reserves for the winter that came um you uh you were tired you slept you were this you you just followed your instincts as, as a human being um however today in this in this world like we're living in everything that is instant gratification has a long-term bad effect on us <laughs> if it makes sense yeah that's so, true. so um and everything that is a good for us in the long term has no effect on us short term so going to the gym for example or training you don't see a difference at all in in one session in 10 sessions or maybe 100 sessions uh but like uh you will be much more resilient to corona when that happens in 20 years right yeah, it's um, always a struggle between the near term yourself to your short term yourself sorry yeah. short term to the long term yourself yeah you yeah. always need to make choices that could benefit with the person you would like to become or down the road in few months or years or just the person that now wants something yeah, yeah. it's a consistent battle yeah that 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 is uh that is true and again uh if we would spend more food and this was was i wanted to get to is if we would spend a bit food and this was what i wanted to get to is whoops if we would spend more money on food we would um we would have less people uh getting sick uh as i see it and uh at, right now we're spending about 80% uh, or 84% of our hospital budgets are going to to uh try to help people that are sick because they have uh how this uh, bad healthy sorry bad lifestyle so 84% of the trillions of uh dollars that are put into healthcare systems so it's a uh, crazy uh some uh see if i did i lose you johnny can you hear me something happened <laughs> all right Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. Uh, all right, yeah, let's let's try to. There we go. I, yeah. I don't know what went wrong. It was. It was the NSA. They had to. Yeah. Everything was working. <laughs> Too much talks on the food industry. And then yeah. 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 There was uh, Nestle. I got upset. Uh, yeah. No, but, um, but yeah, very interesting. So, um, uh yeah is that still like a dream for you now to do the uh to you know develop also more uh, into the uh, restaurant business or uh uh there is a dream but i don't think i will carry it because i really find that within the real estate industry though some people have some uh, negative connotations with it you can yeah. do wonderful things you can make things that were not accessible much more accessible to a wider audience you can make things more affordable much more about the experience whether about consuming it uh, so for me it's it's a natural uh, match between me and this sector yeah. uh, but nevertheless i'm always looking on other initiatives uh, we do have uh, several other ones but unless i will have anything else to do then i will try to be like the healthy i'm saying mcdonald's not on the connotation of the food but on the way that they manage to get everywhere and create a culture yeah yeah i mean uh have you seen the movie the founder yeah for sure it's a great <laughs> movie <yeah. laughs> uh and you can say whatever you want about uh, the guy who um I can't uh, recall the actor's name now again. Uh, big yeah. fan of, uh, the, of yeah, Michael I know Keaton. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but uh, how he conducted business, everything, uh, you might uh, want to say things about that. But it was, uh, uh, um, I mean, it, it was, uh, he had a, a huge drive uh, for just uh, getting this out on everywhere and in age when most people retire so it's uh, yeah yeah and it's a great lesson for enthusiasm let's see yeah yeah and uh um i don't know there, there there's there's still and there has always been uh like the last uh, 10 years at least this big hype about um let's say entrepreneurship um uh, being a founder and hustling and everything and uh, uh yeah I, saw, I don't know where i saw this uh 
uh, I think it was a friend of mine who said that, right, we had, we had now the last 10 years, like the biggest bull market in history. And in one way, any company could uh, raise any amount of money. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was easy to be an entrepreneur in that sense. Uh, and now, now with these, uh, yeah, crises happening, it's going to be uh, like a real steel bath on ideas, but also on resilience. And I think, um, and at least this is something that motivates me is about uh, a bit about like the long run uh, of this is that looking at this, uh, the founder of McDonald's, he was, uh, he, he was an old guy uh, driving around his uh, milkshake uh, machines in the States. And, you know, he, he was hustling, but he, ne he, it took him, you know, 30 years, 40 years to get the opportunity. So, um, uh, and some people are, might be a bit, um, you know, they, they don't have the patience for, for it to happen. So they think it's going to happen overnight, uh, that, um, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of totally honest also for myself. I, I'm also, uh, we have also been struggling with thinking about like, okay, now how, how can we get to the next step? How can we expand? How can we, uh, how can we grow? And we're like, Hey, dude, we're, we're not even three, three years into the business. Um, and, uh, uh, that's when it's also humbling to listen to uh, to you also and say like yeah, it took you two two to three years maybe to even open up your first uh you know um location or uh, facilities in this concept that you now have so uh, sometimes things take time and uh if you read about this in in, in a book later on uh, you don't realize like, okay, that was five years. It took five years to get to that, uh, you know, second, uh, expansion or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think we, because it was a market environment that everyone were about growth, 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 uh, rather than profitability. But obviously now we're going to face, um, other stakeholder preferences and guidelines. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, uh, now, when you're in, in Warsaw, uh, how is your perception? Is that uh, is Warsaw like uh, a bit like Berlin? Uh, uh, Ten before, years ago, uh, or uh, yeah, you you can say so probably. But Berlin had a bit more edge and still has a bit more edge. And I think comparing between the cities is something that would be natural from one point. But there's still ways to go in the level of the infrastructure, the city itself. There are some similarities. Maybe some people want to see some similarities, but um, I think it's a great city of Warsaw, but nevertheless, I would say not comparable to Berlin. Berlin yeah. is not comparable. Because uh, I heard it before, I was one of the ones that used to say it when we came here. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think that uh, it's on the cultural level, on the mentality level, it's Berlin is a cosmopolitan and Warsaw is quite homogenic. So mm. um, it affects dramatically the, the feeling, the vibe of the city, 
the people you could meet. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I just see it from my, my, my perspective is like, I know people from all over the world just because I'm in Berlin. Uh, uh, I have uh, friends from all over the world now. And like looking at our members, I have people from, uh, you know, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Venezuela, uh, Mexico, you know, all yeah. uh, all the American countries and Italy, Spain, uh, Israel, Greece. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, China, Malaysia. We I have people from all over. If I would still live in, in Stockholm, I would not know. We would have maybe one foreigner <laughs> at the office uh, meeting one one expat. There might be some, you know, uh, I don't know, second generation uh, foreigners, but not, not like uh, the same way as in Berlin, where you have this uh, huge culture or like um, uh, multi-cultural uh, uh, people that, uh, yeah, our metropolitan culture, uh, I would say. Yeah. Um, wh which is your favorite city? Yeah. Otherwise, like in the world, or do you have any favorite place? Say Berlin as a base is the favorite place, but I really like uh, Paris. is my favorite city, I would say, before. Any other city, it has a lot of culture, fashion, yeah. inspiration, food. Not comparable for me for anything in terms of favorites. After it, if you look worldwide, New York is great. There's a city I still haven't been in. It's on the top of my list, which is Tokyo, which I hope once Corona settled down and no airline is going to come into functionality. I would be able to go within this year or early next year. Yeah. And uh, for vacation, I do think maybe I'm biased because I am from Israel, but I'm telling you honestly, I don't see myself in the next year living in Israel, but I can really tell you that in terms of uh, vacation is one of the best places. So Tel Aviv is definitely among my favorite cities as well. Yeah, no, I heard a lot of good things about about Tel Aviv when um, we, yeah, and uh, I always get it read, recommended. Uh, so we we've been talking about that too now lately before this all happened. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, we we'll see what happens with uh, with all the traveling. Like it's uh, uh, it's very hard to to be plan planning anything at the moment so yeah, um, it's really not clear yeah it's a good time for reflecting for rethinking yeah. for improving yeah no definitely um how many are you in the uh in the wonder team now uh in berlin we before the corona it used to be more than 50 people uh, pan-european now it went down to i would say something like 23 four five let's say okay awesome yeah yeah uh, and how has that been now for you as a leader uh, in the company uh how, to be honest uh, in the in the previous months since last year uh, the day-to-day -day activity is more led by leon yeah. our co-founder and Tomer, our CEO, which is based in London, and I'm more dealing with the business development. Okay. So 
I could invent a story now, but uh, speaking <laughs> with honesty, uh, it was hard in terms of uh, making the optimization in terms of cost and labor, but uh, Leon did it with a great example. Tomer as well in uh, London, but myself, and unfortunately, I didn't have much to, to praise to the team because I was also in Warsaw dealing with our projects here. Yeah. And uh, it was mainly led by Leon Tomer, uh, which the other senior management members, his co-founder and CEOs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't uh, really have something that I can say as leadership, except of as like the same way I am living it through, just to take it step in, each step at a time and try and understand that there's still time to go until there is going to be clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I guess this is, uh, something that we, we all, uh, everyone what was a bit surprised about, uh, the situation and, uh, yeah. Uh, but also you, you kind of, uh, maybe crystallize more into what you are good at too in this uh situation too yeah um, also what you want to achieve the way you achieve things. yeah um all right so uh before i before i let you go um two two short questions um or three short questions um uh, do you have a, a favorite book that you would recommend and why uh, yeah actually I'm standing just in front of it. It's called Never Split the Difference. Oh, yeah. Chris Voss. Yeah, it's a great book. That uh, It's not only on the business, but a really great tool. Because as it says, negotiation can be from business or salary upgrade up to where to go to vacation with your family or your partner. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that book too. Uh um and uh i heard uh, someone who is uh, doing big like uh bigger governmental deals he said like it's crazy it works i never thought it would work. <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely a book that the nice thing it was developed from practice to theory so yeah 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 um and um do you have any uh what's your favorite food speaking of like um healthy diet food yeah I would say if you talk about, uh, let's say, junk food pizza. <laughs> but if you speak healthy, I like smoothies. I like uh, acai bowls, coconut. So, yeah. But uh, if you take me down there and say whatever you can eat without thinking about anything, probably. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and uh, last questions. Um, who, who would you... Um, who who would you recommend to be on on uh, this uh, podcast, or who should I talk to on this podcast? Oh, that's an interesting question. I guess <laughs> I would need more than the time. <laughs> yeah, which we uh, have. But I'm just be, trying be, to be, be, someone that can inspire people or give some useful info or something uh, like that. I think Leon would definitely be a great person for the. Yeah, no, uh, uh, we have, we have to talk to Leon and, uh, and hopefully, um, maybe even a person in, in Berlin, um, uh, with, with, uh, 
uh, two meters apart, of course. Distance, yeah, and mass definitely. <laughs> Would be happy to get in touch once I'm uh, back in town. Yeah. Um, all right, Joni. Uh, I I'm super grateful for yeah you taking time being on here and uh, um, yeah. 